Zipper rolls out to the right, pitches off to Taylor, and Taylor's to the 20. Down to the 15, down to the 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Billy Taylor scored a touchdown from 21 yards out. The crowd goes berserk. It was November 22nd, 1969 that they came to Barry, Michigan, all dressed in maize and blue. The words were said, the prayers were read, and everybody cried. But when they closed the coffin, there was someone else inside. Oh, they came to Barry, Michigan, but Michigan wasn't dead. And when the game was over, it was someone else instead. Eleven Michigan Wolverines put on the gloves of gray, and as the organ played the victors, they laid Woody Hayes away. Under center is Wangler at the 45. He goes back. He's looking for a receiver. He throws downfield to fire. Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to our Illinois Visitors Edition. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Joining me in just a moment is the radio play-by-play voice of the Fighting Illini, Brian Barnhart. First, my view from Section 17 to get us going. Well, it's been another crazy week. We're at the point where we're not even happy with a hard-fought win over a top-15 opponent, but we know why. The offense. Since Josh Gaddis was hired, all we've heard about is speed and space. With all of the athletes we have on this team, I guess most of us were thinking it would be a return to our old point-a-minute teams of the Fritz Chrysler era, or something like that. Reality set in during the Middle Tennessee State game. We scored some points, but the offense looked unorganized. Nothing has changed much in the ensuing weeks. Were we expecting too much? I think yes and no. We're fans, we love this program, and we want it to succeed. Quickly. In large part because we have waited more than 10 years for order to be restored, so to speak, and we seem to be regressing at times as a program. When Jim Harbaugh was hired, we thought the good times were back. Well, we've learned it's not that easy, even for a coach that played here and has been successful everywhere he's been. Bottom line, there is no easy answer. It's going to take hard work. This week, Jim said the offense is close to hitting its stride, and yes, many of us rolled our eyes because from what we've seen so far, that doesn't seem likely. Keep this in mind, though. As fans, we know there are issues. And if we know it, so does Jim Harbaugh. We need to do something to get this offense going. Jim knows it, and so does Josh Gaddis. There are too many good coaches and players on this team to cash it in. We won't give up, and you can bet neither will this staff. This week is another opportunity to get better down in Champaign-Urbana. It's always interesting to talk to someone outside of the program and get their take on Michigan football. My guest today marvels at our defense and thinks the offense will explode eventually. He hopes it's just not this week. Up next is the radio play-by-play voice of the Fighting Illini, Brian Barnhart, here on The Michigan Man, in partnership with our friends at SB Nation's Maze and Brew.
here with us on our visitor segment, and it's been four years, I think, since we chatted, is Illinois Radio play-by-play voice, Brian Barnhart. Great to have you back with us, Brian. Hey, good to be on. It has been a while. I don't think Michigan's been to Champaign in eight years. Yeah, it's it's been a long time. You're right about that. It has been just about eight years, and I know Michigan fans are excited and especially interested to maybe see Brandon Peters in action. Suffered an upper body uh, injury last week against Minnesota. Is there a status update on him yet? Yeah, not yet. Um, and, you know, he was around the practice field uh, the last couple, you know, yesterday, I guess, and uh, over the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. And uh, no official word yet, but, uh, you know, I think Matt Robinson, who was the backup that played up in Minnesota, is ready to go if needed. But I know that's been an interesting storyline, of course, with uh, Brandon having been at Michigan before. But, We'll see if it happens. Uh, no official word as of yet, though, from Lovey Smith. If he does go, his numbers have been pretty good so far this year. 74 for 127, 10 TDs. He's thrown four picks. Uh, your impression of his his play so far? Well, he won the job in camp, there was no doubt. I mean, and I think he had an edge because, you know, he had started a handful of games, as you know, at Michigan mm-hmm. and was a starter in one of the bowl games. And, and we had, a you know, a, a five-star uh, high school freshman out of St. Louis who was uh, named Isaiah Williams, ironically, the same name as the uh, Isaiah Juice Williams from over a decade ago. And uh, so he was going to battle for the job, but he was pretty green still, obviously, and never played a college down. And you had Matt Robinson, who was redshirt freshman, who had only played a handful of plays in some mop-up duty in in games last year, uh, but still able to keep his redshirt. So you know, those were the two key competitors. And so just by, I think, sheer experience, Brandon won the job and got off to a quick start, had four touchdowns and a win at, at UConn. And, but then he struggled in the next couple of games, the Nebraska game. Uh, Nebraska uh, dared him basically to beat them with the throw, and the Illini were not able to get some separation with the receivers, and he only had 78 yards in that game. And then was just barely getting started in the Minnesota game when he got hurt. So uh, I think the overall impressions have been pretty good. You know, I think he was – kind of the right guy for the right time, but uh, that Illinois needed a, a quarterback with some experience. But we'll see how these younger guys do if he can't go. Well, the Illini had one of the the best rushing attacks in the Big Ten last year. And of course, Reggie Corbin uh, led that attack. He's back, fifth-year senior. He's run for 382 yards and 58 carries so far this year. The ground game's been pretty darn good, hasn't it? Yeah, well, you know, it's been it's been okay this year. Uh, they haven't been able to run as effectively as they did last year. Last year they averaged uh, about 240 yards a game, uh, roughly, and had some huge games rushing. But uh, this year they, they've had a couple of those early, but they haven't been able to run the ball. It's one thing Minnesota did pretty effectively was put seven or eight men in the box and, and dare Illinois to beat them with a throw and basically concentrate on on stopping Reggie Corbin, and Reggie had 213 yards against Minnesota last year in a big Illinois win. He was held to 68 on Saturday in the loss in Minneapolis. So I think teams uh, know that uh, if they can stop Illinois' run right now, uh, they can make life difficult offensively. And that's been one of the you know the question marks here is, okay, what happened to our running game? And I think teams are a little more keyed up for it this year, knowing what uh, success they had last year. When you mentioned in the passing game, some of the receivers uh, so far have had trouble getting separation. Four of the uh, the top five guys are back this year. Talk about that group and maybe their struggles and who's standing out. Well, you know, early on, uh, they added uh, a couple of transfers from USC. Uh, Trayvon Sidney, who's a smaller receiver, and you've got uh, Joshi Matterbebe, who's 6'2", and both had been at USC, both transferred to Illinois, and both have a couple of years to go on their eligibility. Uh, 
Uh, Emmanuel Bebe got off to a quick start. In fact, I think he leads the team in touchdowns so far this year. Uh, he's been a, a, a target. They just haven't been able to go to him. I think teams have realized what a target he is, and they look to take him away and force the Illini to go somewhere else. Uh, Ricky Smalling has led the team in receiving as far as catches uh, the first two years at Illinois. He had some drops on Saturday uh, in a couple of key downs that hurt. So he's he's having a better year than he had last year as far as a sophomore. He struggled after a really good freshman year. Uh, and then you've got Daniel Barker at a tight end spot, who's really emerged as a pretty good target overall. Uh, so they do go to, uh, you know, among those four guys, uh, those three guys in particular. And um, I think that uh, they just need somebody else to kind of step up and be a little more of a threat. But but uh, those are good receivers. Uh, but again, teams have, uh, have said, hey, let's uh, have Illinois try to beat us through the air on a more consistent basis. And once we've got into Big Ten play, they haven't been able to do that. Despite that, the offense has put points up on the board pretty well this year, haven't they? Oh, sure. Yeah, and uh, I think uh, Michigan fans will remember Rod Smith. He was uh, yeah. on Rich Rodriguez's staff years ago and uh, back in the mid to late uh, first decade of the, of the new century. And so I think he was a quarterback's coach in Ann Arbor. And, and uh, you know, so he's well-known in the, in the Big Ten, uh, worked at Arizona with Rich Rodriguez, and he came in here – you know, last year and really improved an offense that averaged about 20 points a game and, you know, pushed it up to closer to 30. And they've been averaging over 30, especially early in the in the first couple of uh, games. But uh, there have been a couple of games this year. Eastern Michigan, for instance, uh, they got behind the chains too much. Uh, you know, he blamed himself for that. Coach Smith did. And uh, said so we got too many third and 12, third and 15s and, and had a lot of penalties in that game that proved to be costly. Uh, in a game they should have won. And then they had Nebraska down two touchdowns, mm-hmm. and the offense went, I think it was nine straight possessions or at least maybe seven possessions where they just weren't able to sustain any kind of drives, and it kept the defense on the field too long. And then Nebraska eventually just wore them down and rallied from a couple of touchdowns down to win the game. Again, the offense has put up enough points, but the defense returned, I think, 10 starters from last year. Last year they gave up, I believe, right around 35 points per game. Not much improvement there. Uh, is that why Lovey took over as defensive coordinator? Yeah, basically in the middle of last year he took over. Uh, Hardy Nickerson, a great uh, mm-hmm. player from the NFL, had been the, the defensive coordinator, and Lovey, of course, has been a defensive coordinator before in the NFL. And and uh, it, a lot of some of it's been injury, some of it's been um, you know, the Tampa two defense, uh, you know, where they do get a lot of takeaways. I think Illinois leads the country and, or at least close to it in tackles for loss, but also fumble recoveries and forced fumbles, but they just haven't tackled very well yards after carry. That's been a problem, uh, guys in the secondary and then breaking big plays. And so, uh, whether it's, you know, fans here are wondering, okay, is it the scheme? Is it the execution? Uh, you know, uh, Lovey Smith says it's more execution than anything else, just not making the plays when they've needed to uh, in some key moments. Well, I know Lovey's in his fourth year now. I think his record's 11-30. and 30. Everyone says, if you listen to the recruiting gurus, he's really upgraded the talent at Illinois. It just really takes time for it to show up on the field, though, doesn't it? Well, it does. And I think the thing that you have to remember is we went through three coaches in the span of a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, had some turmoil. Had Tim Beckman fired. Bill Cubitt came in as the interim, the former Western Michigan coach, and, and had been the offensive coordinator. And then he... Uh, at the time, from one athletic director, got an extension and then was let go by the new athletic director, Josh Whitman, who brought in Lovey Smith. And So there was a lot of turmoil and a lot of turnover. Not only that, there was turnover in the 
academic area, presidents and chancellors. And so it was kind of a uh, traumatic time there earlier this decade. And so things have finally settled down. It's been a very slow, deliberate process by Lovey Smith and his staff. Uh, but this was going to be a big year for fans because they've been pretty patient overall. Uh, they are less patient here with basketball. They're a little more patient with football. Uh, but uh, they knew, hey, give it some time. But there's there's two wins they should have had. They should have a better record, and I think that's been disappointing to people so far this year. Then you've got two heavyweights coming into town with Michigan and then Wisconsin, and uh, how you come out of that and then get ready for Purdue and for Rutgers where you have a chance to pick up uh, – you know, you feel like on paper a couple of wins. And, you know, this, they were hoping for a bowl season. They're still going to have to win some games to get there. But it has been a, uh, you know, very slow, deliberate process. Final question for you, Brian, because we know you're on the air now and have to get back. But these two teams have not played since 2016. That was up here in Ann Arbor. Uh, Michigan's got a good defense. They've been very good all year. Very disappointing on the offensive side so far. Do you think from what you've seen that Fighting line I have enough talent to have a puncher's chance at home against Michigan Saturday? Oh, I think so. Yeah, puncher's chance is a good way to describe it. And uh, we've had, you know, a couple of times during the Lovey Smith era when when fans have uh, come into a game and said, well, there's no way we can win this game, and then they wind up winning it. And so, I mean, I think that, um, you know, the, the thing that concerns me is can Illinois' offense get back to where it was humming along early in the year? That's a challenge against the Michigan defense because if Iowa can only score three points, against Michigan, uh, you know, and, and they've got the big beefy guys up front and, and Illinois' attack has been slowed here in the last couple of weeks. The key to me is can they get that offense percolating again? Who's the quarterback? Uh, can they disguise enough to, to keep Michigan off balance? But also, if Michigan struggles offensively, can the Illini defense get a couple of turnovers and and make something happen. I think those would be the two things to watch for. Well, it's 11 o'clock kickoff Central Time, 12 noon again on Fox Sports. I think it's on Fox, isn't it? I think it's on ABC. Oh, it's on ABC. Okay, Okay. well. Yeah, I think that's right. Another early start, but uh, looking forward to it. And (laughs) we'd like to thank our guest today for uh, taking time from his busy schedule, uh, Illinois Radio play-by-play voice Brian Barnhart. Brian, after four years, it's been great to talk to you, and we look forward to our next visit. Well, thank you. It's been great to visit with you and uh, enjoy the stay in Champaign. Quick Hits is next as we wrap it up for another week here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. On Quick Hits today, nothing new on the injury front to report, so let's take a look at some game day notes. Michigan leads the series with 70 wins against 23 losses, and there have been two ties. The first meeting was a 12-5 Michigan win on November 12, 1898, in a game played in Detroit. We last met on October 22, 2016, here in Ann Arbor, a 41-8 Michigan win. Lovey Smith is in his fourth year as head man, and his record is 11-30. Last year, they were 4-8 and eight overall, 2-7 and seven in the Big Ten. 
They return 18 starters, 10 on defense, 8 on offense. They are 2-3 and three heading into Saturday's game. The weatherman says it will be a perfect October day for football down in Champaign-Urbana. Partly sunny skies and temps in the low to mid-50s with no rain. Kickoff is 11 a.m. Central Time, 12 noon Eastern, and the game can be seen on ABC TV. Even though we're favored by three touchdowns, we still have to show up and get to work and show improvement. That will do it for another show. Next week, we head to Happy Valley for a night game against Penn State, and we remember what happened the last time we played a night game there. Hopefully better things this year. On Tuesday's game day show, my guest will be editor John Borton from The Wolverine. On Thursday's Visitor's Edition, we will be joined by Penn State Radio play-by-play voice Steve Jones, so make sure you come back next week for that. So think victory, beat Illinois. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Have a great Wolverine weekend, everyone. And until we meet again, take care. And as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's the Michigan Man Podcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!